Joshua 1, 1 to 9, if you'd read with me. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make, way, make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for your word, so grateful for the opportunity to uh, learn from it, be challenged by it, encouraged with it this morning. And God, I pray that uh, you would just teach us, God, that your Holy Spirit would guide my words, that they would be your words, not mine. Uh, encourage our hearts to follow you and trust you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so we've been walking through uh, the Old Testament. We just finished Deuteronomy, wrapped up the whole Pentateuch in I mean, maybe three years. I mean, we, we're moving at a pretty good pace here. Um, I think we're, we're jumping into Joshua here. We're probably going to be in Joshua for, it's a longer book, but actually probably only take us like 15 to 20 weeks because there's a big section of like nine chapters just like telling where lands are. We'll probably go pretty fast through that. So, uh, so buckle up. Next 15, 16, 18, whatever it is, weeks, uh, we'll be here in Joshua. Um, and just to set the stage, as you know, uh, the people of Israel have left Egypt. Right? They got to the land once. They got there and said, nah, we don't want it. Those guys are too big. We can't do it. And ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years. A whole generation passed away during that time uh, of 40 years, except for two men, Joshua and Caleb. And we come to now the edge of the land where, where Moses has been recording and, and writing down the law as God has revealed it to him, uh, even the covenant renewal right outside the land that God is giving them and placing it as a witness against the people in the Ark of the Covenant. We remember walking through that with Deuteronomy, that uh, there's a witness against the people that they have, they have, yes, they've accepted the covenant of the Lord, but they continuously have rebelled. And so this covenant renewal is to say, hey, you know, here we go. I am faithful. Will you be faithful? And so we've seen this, uh, this the promises of God just passed down from person to person, leader to leader, as God has raised them up from, I mean, starting from Adam to Noah to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and now Joshua is sought to take lead. In verses 1 and 2, we pick up at the end of Moses' life. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, go. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. 
So Joshua there we see is Moses' assistant. Who is Joshua? Actually, you know, he's kind of like, we kind of forget about him for a long period of time until we get to his book that's named after him. But he's been there all along. I mean, he's been in the shadow there the whole time. Uh, rewinding back to, sorry, the law. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, back to Exodus 17. He is called out as one to go and fight against Amalek, this great warrior that was threatening the people of Israel as they came out from Egypt. He is called to lead the charge against Amalek, not because of his strength, but because of his faith that God is his warrior. Exodus 17, and we see Joshua again uh, actually at the mountain when Moses is receiving the law. You might not have noticed, but uh, when Moses goes up to receive the law written on the tablets, Joshua is there with him. Uh, the people and the elders go up with uh, Moses for a little bit, but then Joshua goes up a little further and waits the whole time. And it's Joshua that at the end of the receiving of the law, as Moses is coming down, he says, I hear a great cry in the camp, not of singing and not of victory, uh, not, sorry, not of victory and not of, of, of fear, but rather of singing and rejoicing. They were singing and worshiping the golden calf that they had built. Joshua was there waiting on the mountain for Moses to come back. He's the first person that Moses sees as he comes down the mountain and alerts him to this fact that the people have already rebelled in the span of 40 days. Every time it says in Exodus 33, 11, Joshua would stand guard at the tent of meeting. So when Moses would go into the camp or into the tent, he would be there waiting for Moses to come out. And when Moses turned his face toward the camp of the people, Joshua would stay at the tent, guarding it from anyone else that should not enter. Joshua was so loyal to Moses, maybe even to a fault. In Moses' eyes, we see in Numbers chapter 11, verse 26 to 30, uh, that Moses had called, uh, asked God, really, for help from, uh, from more men to be raised up to lead this people of Israel, saying, this is too big of a task for me. And God has this great moment where 70 men are selected and they begin prophesying over the people. And it's kind of random, but like two people, Eldab and Medab, is that right? Did I say that right? Uh, Eldad and Medad um, were prophesying not with the 70 elders, but rather in the camp. And Joshua comes to Moses and says, hey, Moses, there's two guys and they're, they're still prophesying in the camp. Should we stop them? We should go stop them, right? And Moses said, would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. We kind of joke about the fact that Moses is listed as like the most humble of people in his own book that he wrote, right? But the fact is it's true. He knew his place before God. Even when someone else was prophesying, he wasn't seeking to have position or authority. He knew that God was doing something. And even though Joshua was loyal to him in that moment, he says, Joshua, don't worry about it. This is the Lord's work, and, and it is okay. He's faithful and loyal to Moses this whole time. And so it should be no surprise to us when we see the spies go spy out the land the first time in Numbers 13 and 14, that Joshua is the one that goes into that land and sees all this threat and, uh, and, and fortified cities and people larger than them and says, you know what? Our God's got this. Not a problem.
He and Caleb are spared in the wilderness wanderings because they believed what God could do beyond what circumstances may be there. And so we see him commissioned actually on a number of occasions while Moses is still with them. And then now after Moses has gone, there's this commissioning that is happening uh, to Moses or to Joshua. It would be a difficult thing, right? To follow Moses. <laughs> I mean, um, it's, it's always a challenge to follow a great leader when the time comes. It, it just is so difficult. If anyone has been a part of a church where a founder or some person that's served in the church for many, many years has been there, and the time comes for them to move on, filling those shoes is more than just a resume application and an affirmation that we've called you. There's a lot of history and expectation and understanding about how you are to be in light of the person that came before you. Could you imagine being Joshua in that moment coming after Moses? The man who went up the blazing mountain of God and received directly these tablets from the Lord. The one who stuck his staff in the, in the Red Sea and the whole thing parted. Yeah, not by his might, and we know that, and we've testified that, but could you imagine as fleshly-wise coming behind Moses in that? Joshua's got to be a little apprehensive. And so you're going to hear this refrain throughout as God commissions Joshua. He says two very important words to him. Be strong and courageous. I am with you. So we're going to look at two things. Uh, we, we've seen who, who Joshua is. Ha, there we go. That was, that was done. Check, maybe. Is it there? Is it coming? Okay. We're going to now see Joshua's calling. Joshua has uh, a difficult calling. His calling is to uh, now take this people of God, millions of people strong, and take over the land that is inhabited. They are to go fight a people that has fortified cities and that is larger than them. This is now their calling to, to be the hand of judgment upon a people who has resisted uh, the work of God in their lives for many, many generations. And he gives Joshua this promise, the Lord does, in Joshua 1, 3, and 4. He says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. He tells Joshua, everywhere you place the sole of your foot is yours. This is the land I've given you, and if you place your soul on that, on that place, it is yours. As much as you will trust me, this is how much of this land I will give you. Because I've given it to you already, now you just have to take it. That's his call to Joshua. That you lead this people into this land and take every ounce of it. Everywhere your soul touches, I will give it to you. This is the promise that God gives to him and, and the call that God gives to his life. And second, he says to him this, Joshua 1.5 no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. In the same manner that God was with Moses, he is now going to be with Joshua. 
This is Joshua's call to lead this people and take this land. A land that's been promised 440 years before this to Abraham. Now is coming to completion and fulfillment in Joshua. What a weight is on his shoulders. And so the Lord says to him again these words, Be strong and courageous. First he says, Be strong and courageous and have faith. There's three things that he actually is going to cover, that I'm going to cover with you. He needs to have faith, he needs to do the law, and he needs to know that the Lord is with him. All of these are wrapped in this idea of being strong and courageous. Why should you be strong and courageous? First, in Joshua 1.6, he says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong and courageous in your faith, right? Look back at what I have done already to bring this people to this point and recognize all the past faithfulness of God to you and have faith in me that I am going to take you and fulfill this calling I've placed on your life. Be strong and courageous for I will cause you to inherit this land that I swore to your fathers. This isn't about your will. You have not set forth to accomplish this. I have set forth to make you accomplish this. I have promised you this land, and I have given it to you, and it is yours. Be strong and courageous, not in your plans, but rather in the plans I have for you. Have faith. Be strong and courageous. The second way he's to be strong and actually very courageous is in the doing of the law. Joshua 1, 7-8 says this, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to the law that uh, Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. You've heard me talk probably at nauseum uh, about the effect of uh, repetition and chiastic structure and all this stuff. It's happening here. You might not have caught it, but it's there. And he's telling us to do the law. Not just to have the law, but to do it. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. I have shown you how you are to act with one another. Follow the law that I have revealed to you in the treatment of one another. Do this law. Do not forget it. Remember it, and you will prosper. He starts out this couple of verses by saying, be careful to do what is written in the law. He also ends it by saying, be careful to do what is in the law. In the next you know, sort of set of ideas, he says, don't turn from it to the right or to the left. And meditate on it day and night. And at the very center, he says, do not let it leave your mouth. Don't let this law leave your mouth. Remember it. Hold fast to it. Commit to it. Don't just know it as information, but do this law. Be strong and courageous and do the law that I have given you. 
Joshua is to have faith. He is to do the law that the Lord has given. And finally, he's to be strong and courageous. Verse 9, haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. You're not alone. I'm coming with you to do this thing. You're not doing it on your strength. I'm doing it with you. My power is with you. I'm with you in the same way I was with Moses. I'm with you. We need to hear these words, and, and Joshua did too, to be strong and courageous. Because we're aware that the circumstances before Joshua look very terrible. I mean, he's supposed to cross a river. Again, how is he going to do that with all these people? We don't know. We're going to find out. It's pretty cool. Um, and, and then in this land, there's these fortified cities of people that have been there for many, many, many years, building and establishing themselves. And the call to this people who has no land is to go into this land and take it. Be strong and courageous, not because it's going to be easy, not because it's finished for you, but rather because it's finished in me. Have faith in the promises that I have given you that have passed down from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Joseph and Moses and now to you. Remember all these things that the Lord has done and have faith that this also can be accomplished. And will be accomplished. Do this in righteousness. Obey what I have revealed to you about how you're to treat one another as you go about this battle. And finally, remember the Lord is with you. He is not leaving you here to do it on your own, He is going with you. Be strong and courageous. So we're going to talk more throughout the coming weeks about the land and its significance and, and its importance, but I don't want to dwell on that right now. Um, what I want to bring this down to for us today is this simple thing, right? Joshua was called to do something. Joshua, in his particular state, was called to lead a people into the promised land. Trusting in God's strength in that, having, having faith, doing it, uh, doing the law, and, and knowing that God is with him. And so I want to focus on that idea. Joshua is called to something. And you are too. Okay? Each and every one of you are called to something. Everyone. And I don't know what that is. So you've got to know something. We've we got to think about, okay, who, who was Joshua and what was his calling? That's what we just walked through, right? Let's first ask the question for ourselves. Who are you? Who are you? If we're going to know what our calling is, if we're going to know how we are to be strong and courageous, we've got to ask this question. Who are you? Well, I can confidently say this for everybody without question. You are made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. Every single person, every single human on this planet made in the image of God. You need to know that 
right now. If, any, if anything or anyone or any voice is telling you differently, you are made in the image of God. Second, I'll say this to everyone in the room as well. You might not have done this yet, but this truth is real. You are called to follow Jesus. You are called by our Father in heaven to follow the Lord Jesus. His cry to this world is that my hope for humanity is in my son, Jesus Christ. That's who you're called to. That's what this whole thing is about. God is trying to restore his people unto himself, and he's doing it through the work of Jesus Christ, the Son. You are called to return to the Father through the Son. You're made in the image of God, and you're called to return to your Father and know him intimately because of Jesus. And finally, if you've accepted that call, I can say this of you. Because of your faith in Christ Jesus, you are righteous before God. Not because of your loyalty to some other leader, not because of the works that you have stacked up in defeating Amalekites. Like, okay, think about Joshua's testimony. It wasn't based on any of the things he did, but rather on what God has done in him. He didn't believe that God could take the land because they were strong. He believed they could take the land because God is strong. And so if you have placed your faith in Jesus, you now are righteous before God. Any lie to the otherwise is a lie. Any statement to the otherwise is a lie. We all know this all the time, every single day. Satan's in our ear, people are in our ear saying, you're not good enough, you're guilty, you're shameful, you're broken, and you'll never be good enough because you're broken. And God says that's just not true. I have paid the penalty for my child's sin, and they are now before me righteous. So if you're a follower of Jesus, not only are you made in the image of God, not only are you called to uh, a relationship with your Father in heaven, but now because of your faith in Jesus, you are made righteous before him, pure and holy. That's who you are. So second, what is your calling? Again, I, I don't know it for you. I, can't, I actually can't know it for you. I can know it for me. I can't know this for you. I can know kind of the character and nature of it, and, I, and that's what I'm going to explain to you today, is that there is some characteristics of your calling that I would expect if you're a follower of Jesus, but I can't tell you exactly what it is. Only you know what you know from the Lord. So what is your calling? Again, I don't know exactly, but I know it includes this. Making disciples in the context of a body of believers who are following Jesus. I guarantee you, if you've been called to follow Jesus and you've accepted that call, then part of your calling in life is to make disciples with the church. I guarantee that your calling is somehow wrapped around that idea that Jesus gave to his disciples when he rose. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always until the very end of the age, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That's, if you're trying to figure out what your calling is, it's not that difficult. It definitely includes making disciples, teaching people to follow the Son unto the Father.
So that's one. The second thing it includes is your family. If you're single, that's you. So check, all right? If you're married, that's you and your spouse. If you have children, that's you and your spouse and your kids. Your calling is not going to separate you from the people that God has called you to be in relationship with. The people you have covenanted with. The people he has blessed you with. And I would even say this, that your calling is going to include what you have. Includes your house, your job, your money, your talents, your treasures, everything you have. If God has given it to you, he didn't give it to you for you. He gave it to you to fulfill the calling that he has given to you. So again, I don't know what exactly your calling is, but I guarantee it involves this, making disciples, the family he's blessed you with, and all the talents and treasures he's given you. So how do you find it? How do you find it like Joshua? How did Joshua find it? Anyone know how Joshua found his calling? Anyone know? Guesses? Okay, trusting the Lord. Yep. Any other ways? Obeying. Obeying, okay. He heard it. He heard it from the Lord. The, the Lord told him, right? He said, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. He told him. He spoke it to him. He said, Joshua, I'm commissioning you. My servant Moses is dead, and now you have been raised up, and now it is your job to go take this people into the land and take over the land. This is your calling. He told it to him. And we, you know, we can look at the Bible and think, oh, you know, that's back then, and God was talking in a different way, and all this kind of thing, blah, 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 blah. No. If you want to know what your calling is, ask. Ask. The way you find your calling is to ask God. I know it sounds simple and maybe frustrating to hear that, but um, if you're going to know what God wants you to do, you have to talk to him. He actually wants to talk to you. He gave his son to die for you that you could talk to him. And so if you want to know what is your calling, if you want to have a peace about that, then pray. And if you haven't heard it that first time you pray, then pray again. And if you haven't heard it, then just pray again. And what's the next step after you do that if you haven't heard yet? Pray. Keep asking him. He wants you to know what you are to do. He wants you to know today what you're to do. And, and sometimes he reveals all the steps at once, and sometimes he reveals none of the steps and just says, hey, this direction. Sometimes he tells Abraham, hey, go to the land I'm telling you. Good luck with that one. You're not going to find your calling from the world. Okay, the world's going to tell you to stack up as much treasure as possible, and that's your calling. You're not going to find it from your family. They're going to say, move as close to us as possible and have as many grandkids as possible and, and make this a happy place. Okay? You're not going to find it here. You're going to find it from the Lord. And the only way you get it from the Lord is to talk to him. Yeah.
If you think he told you to start like stealing cars, by the way, that's not it. How do I know that? Because we're to be just like Joshua, to be strong and courageous. He tells him three things to do when he's strong and courageous and knows his calling, right? Three things. He says, have faith. I've given you calling, now have faith. This is how much faith you should have. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to my ability, looking to my resources, looking to my ideas, no. Your faith in what God has called you to do should be as you are looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Have faith. To the measure of Christ, have faith. Just as he looked forward to the cross with resolve, look forward to the calling that God has called you to do. As great cloud of witnesses are are looking down on you and saying, go for it, God has called you to this, believe it and know it. Have faith, be strong and courageous. Second, do the law. Be strong and courageous and, and do the law. Again, if, God, if you think God told you to go, you know, steal cars for your calling, no. <laughs> That's in contradiction to God's moral revelation. It should look like this. Galatians 5, 22 to 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is, anybody? Go for it. Kids, all at once. Awesome. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Be strong and courageous, seeking the fruit of the Spirit. Your calling is not going to be in conflict with what God has, called you, what God has told you about himself and his moral character and his holiness. And finally, know this. The Lord is with you. I will not leave you. Romans 8, 31 to 32. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I'm sure if God has given you a calling and you felt that, that you've looked at the circumstances and thought, one, there's no way I can do that. Two, I don't know if I'm, you know, made up for this. I don't know if I'm right to do this. You know, am I, am I righteous enough? Am I, you know, am I good enough? And two, you think that there's so many threats. There's so many circumstances that could thwart this. And God says, no, I've given you a promise, okay? Have faith that I will fulfill my promise and my call to you. Have clear direction that this will not be in conflict with what I've told you about my character. And finally, no, if you're concerned about any circumstances, if I am with you, then who can stand against you? Nobody. Be strong and courageous. I am with you. I know in this room there are a lot of people 
wrestling with transitions and changes and, and wondering what God has for you next. Let's look to Joshua. God told him what he wanted him to do. He called him. And it didn't like just drop in Joshua's lap randomly, okay? He had a life of devoting himself to the Lord and to the Lord's servant Moses. Okay, he was seeking God. He was seeking him out. He was trying to find out, okay, what do I do next? How can I serve the Lord? His eyes were open for many, many years. So start. If you don't know yet, start today. Pray, God, what is my calling? And yet, you might not get it today. You might have to wait. We talked about that last week. Some waiting, fun. Pray and pray and pray. God has a calling for you, a calling in which you can stand forward and be strong and courageous to accomplish that which he has called you to do. His calling is going to draw more people unto himself. His calling is going to honor the people that he's put in your life. And his calling is probably going to cost you things that he's given you. But it's the most satisfying thing in the world. There's nothing in this world that can satisfy more than being with the Lord and knowing that you're in his hand. Despite circumstances around you, despite all the threats and, and challenges that are around you, when you, are no, when you know you are in God's hand, there's nothing that can stop you. Who can stand against you? No one. If God is for us, no one can be against us. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful that you have a calling and a purpose on our lives. That you haven't just left us out here to pursue uh, the desires of our flesh. God, we all know from past experience that those fail. That every desire of our flesh is, is uh, lacking and temporary and broken. And so, God, we're thankful that you have placed a calling on our lives that is wrapped up in partnering with the Lord of heaven and earth. So, God, I pray that you be speaking to each of us here in this body, helping us know that we know that we know what you have called us to do. You haven't given us the people around us for no reason. You haven't given us the things we have for no reason. You've given it to us that we may be a blessing to those that are around us. So God, first I pray for each of us that if we don't know our calling, that you would give us the persistence um, and, and the... Um, passion to seek it out from you, to hear it, not, not from this world and not from our own flesh, but rather from you, Lord. Help us make the time happen to hear from you what we are to do, that we may know that we know what you have called us to.
You spoke it to Joshua, and you spoke it to servant after servant throughout the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, God, you speak to your people. And so we ask God, if we haven't heard, let us pray, we would seek it out to hear your voice and know what it is we are called to do. Lord, help us know that if you're not telling us today, you're working on our hearts. And let us be patient with however long you want to work on our hearts, God. And then, God, once you have given us this calling, each of us, Lord, once we know that we know, I pray you would give us the strength and courage to go forth and accomplish it. Not in our own strength, but because you have said so. Not strong in our own might, but strong in the might of our Lord. God, you gave the people of Israel every piece of land that their sole of their foot would touch. Help us have faith to believe you to accomplish the calling you've called us to in this life. Not for our own glory, not for our own benefit, but rather that more would see the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave up all things, that we might be restored to you, our Father, and spend eternity with you in heaven. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.